Good morning. Um, this is Andrew Newman, uh, and this is Kelly Jackson. And we are two RUF guys just having some fun talking just about hanging theology. out. It's a it's Friday out. for us. TGIF. Thank but goodness. This is um this is actually going to be the last podcast of this semester. Hmm. Um, and yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we do any more. But um, it's been it's been fun. It's been it good. has been. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. And we are finishing up the Apostles' Creed um, discussion or uh, looking at the Apostles' Creed. And the, the, it ends with these, I mentioned this last week, maybe the week before too, but it ends with these kind of quick statements about um, doctrine. So doesn't elaborate much on it, but you know, the Creed is not meant to be a, this huge treatise, but rather just these statements of faith that we um, confess together. So it says, with these final three things, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So there's there's actually um, obviously a reason why these go in this order. Um, so we'll look at this in th these three ways. We'll first look at the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body. So sorry, forgiveness, resurrection, and life. Mm -hmm. Kind of in that order. So with the forgiveness of sins. Um, I mean, this is the forgiveness of sins is, is, is central to the gospel that we in Christ find forgiveness for sins. Um, yeah. And um, in, in my reading, I'm sure Kelly, you can add to this, but forgiveness um, presupposes that we are guilty. Totally. Um, and, so, and, and this, this is all found in, in our relationship to God. So each person, I'm taking this a little bit from the R.C. Sproul book that I'm reading, but each person is inescapably involved in a relationship with God, whether they admit it or not. And so mm -hmm. when we sin, sin is part of our relationship to God. We are sinning against God. It's not just something we do that we kind of regret doing or we hurt someone. Ultimately, it, it's in our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, and the Holy Spirit um leads us to God when we, in, in our guilt, when we feel guilty, we are led to God in humility and dependence versus um, what Satan does, which is to convict us and lead us to despair. He's, the, mm -hmm. he's called the accuser. Um, and so that's one, one way of kind of thinking about um, our guilt before God. And um, ultimately, uh, we have to think about how we find forgiveness, which is through Christ and his work on the cross, but also through his um, passive and active obedience. Mm. So anyways, Kelly, why is it so vital to understand forgiveness of sins before we speak about the resurrection of the body and life eternal or life everlasting? Uh, there is a Puritan that said, till sin be bitter, Christ cannot be sweet. Like the gospel is not sweet if your sin is not bitter. Um, and so I think maybe it was Thomas, Thomas More. But, you know, it's like you don't need Christianity uh, and you don't need Jesus if there's no, I mean, if there's no sin. Uh, Jesus is the answer to the Old Testament. He's the answer to our sin problem. Uh, and if I don't need to be forgiven of anything, then I'm fine, you know. Um, and from my book, which is a Al Mohler book, 
great quote. He says, by understanding our sin aright, the illuminating splendor of the cross of Jesus stands infinitely more beautiful to behold and proclaim. Only through recapturing the universal and horrific state of our sinfulness can we begin to understand the resplendent glories of the gospel and the immeasurable grace of God in forgiving our sin. So, I mean, the Genesis, the Pentateuch, it's really Moses saying, this is your story, humanity. Like Israelites, this is your story. There's a God who created you. You, you turned your face uh, away from him. And we invited sin into the world. And now we've got this thing, total depravity, that just the idea of sin has reached every part of our being. Uh, and if we don't believe that, then what need is there for the gospel? I wanted to say this too, Andrew. Satan in the garden, what does he do? He tells Adam and Eve, God doesn't love you. He's holding out on you. You know, eat this fruit. Uh, but then in many ways in our own lives too, he not only tempts us to sin, but then after we've sinned, uh, he says, you're worthless. You know, mm-hmm. you like you, he, you know, now he, of course he doesn't love you because you disobeyed. And so, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't give us what he promises, which is our sin, you know, all the time, these things that we give ourselves to, they don't fill us up, but then he turns right around and is pointing the finger. Um, I think, trying to convince I think go- us that we should live in shame and, but yeah, get back to you. What yeah. you well, I was going to say, I think this, like what kind of, this is going a little bit different maybe way than you're going Kelly, but I think with the, for, the forgiveness of sins as a doctrine, I was just thinking about how as, uh, the apostles creed is a, is a Catholic small seed creed. So like a universal thing that, that the Christian church affirms together. And I think really it, it's a, it's this like kind of along with many of the other doctrines in the apostles creed is this thing that distinguishes a false church from the true church. So yes. I, I remember I've, I've had like the, a Jehovah's witness come to my door and, and talk about Jesus. And, and I just think about like, it, it's one thing to talk about some like, trying to get to uh, talk about maybe like bigger theological concepts about Christ and the Trinity, which is certainly important, but it's only in the true gospel that you find forgiveness of sins. Mm. Um, And I think if I were to ask the person, the Jehovah's Witness I was speaking to, like really the, their, their view of what Jesus meant um, with the gospel is so out of whack and it comes kind of to this, you know, focal point of how they view forgiveness. Um, and so I think that that's just kind of a, a helpful reminder to us to, to understand, like, what does it mean that we are, what, what does the forgiveness of sins mean? It's not, you know, cause it, in Islam, for example, they believe that God forgives people and makes them, you know, is, is or uh, Muslims and, and brings them into Islam, but it's an arbitrary forgiveness. You know, there's no mm-hmm. real understanding of why God chose to forgive people. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Christianity and the gospel is the only answer to really, um, to the question of how we are to be forgiven, yeah. the grounds on which we are to be forgiven. And that's why it's, it's so foundational just to the, to the faith, but also kind of it, with a little bit of a segue, um, it's important to our, our life going forward and the future. Um, so if Kelly, if you didn't have any other thoughts on that, we could move no, that's forward. That's great. To yeah. The, um, so the resurrection of the body, um, 
this is I, I, some of these lines I wrote down or typed out from the book as I read it um, this morning. But he says that R.C. Sproul is speaking of the resurrection of the body. He says that decay and disintegration await the body of every human being. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think, man, this this is something that our uh, I mean, we just don't want to think about decay. We don't want to think about death. No. Um, you know, death is spoken of as our last enemy. Um, and it's almost, it's almost impossible. The great equalizer. Yes. It's like, it's, it's almost impossible to contemplate the threat. This is another thing Sproul says, the threat of non-being. Like Mm -hmm. we, death to us is, is, it's unimaginable. And yet Mm -hmm. it's a reality. It's something that awaits us and terrifies us. Yeah. Um, and so, so when we, so the reason I give some of that background is because when we speak of the resurrection, we're not speaking of like being uh, memories in, in our loved ones, you know, living as memories in our loved ones or setting up some kind of monument to those who have died. Um, or being reincarnated this, or some other yeah. crazy idea. Yeah. Like there's, there's, uh, there's things that are, I think those things are kind of given out as like these, um, ways to kind of smooth over our fears, you know, to like, oh, well, maybe daddy's the star up there. Yeah. Maybe I'll become stardust. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. and I love this line he has in his book, um, Sproul. He says, we want life, not monuments. Yeah. And there's like this, you know, you almost think of like how God has created us. We're created to be living beings. And so, death is antithetical to the created order to yes. ourselves like to think of death is to think of of the opposite of our existence mm-hmm. you know the opposite of life which is really unfathomable you know yeah um so one one way i, I figure we could go with this kelly is uh something i picked up in the book as well is that he speaks of the difference between immortality and resurrection mm-hmm. so immortality he was saying comes a little bit from the Greek idea of um, from, or from some of the Greek philosophers on the afterlife and the immortality was like redemption from the physical realm. So being freed from the bodies because the body is a prison. Mm. Um, whereas resurrection is the redemption of our bodies. So not being redeemed from our bodies, the rede- redemption of our bodies. Um, and in that vein, like, does the Bible teach that the physical realm is good or bad? And how are we to, how does that help frame for us the resurrection? Yeah, there were, I mean, was it the Gnostics that, that saw the, the body as bad? What yeah, I think like, yeah, I think it was Gnostics. The, there's Helen, like the Greeks as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think in some ways, you know, we could probably see in biblical writers, uh, a response to that but i mean although the word like flesh is sometimes used negatively uh the idea that that jesus upon his resurrection has a physical body and that the bible teaches he still has one uh and that the bible speaks of the new heavens and new earth like we live in a broken world and things are not the way they're supposed to be uh, but the Bible is clear that the physical is not bad, uh, yeah. but sin has invaded everything. And so, and one, I think one yeah. example of the one, one text that we could go to for the, for the goodness of creation is mm-hmm. the creation account where 
after every day, God says, and it was good. good. And then yep. at the, at the end of the first six days of creation, he says, and it was very good. You know, mazel, so, it's like mazel tov. Mazel tov, mazel tov. Um, yeah. So or tov tov. One, one thing that I, I, and I grew up going to church, um, would not say I was a Christian, but, um, I think it, most, I, I, I'm going to speak with broad brushstrokes. I know, but like, I think in the American church, a lot of people view heaven or the afterlife as like some form of dancing or sitting on clouds mm. or playing harps. I, I think yeah. I find it much more the exception to, of where people believe in um, a resurrected physical body as well as a new heavens and new earth. Um, so what, Kelly, maybe what are some non-biblical views of heaven that you've heard of? Oh gosh. Non-biblical views of heaven. I mean like floating spirits. Yeah. Or, or we turn into angels. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, that's not in the Bible. And I mean, I would say to your first question, like it's this idea that things will be not at all like they are here, but I don't think the Bible supports that. I mean, it will be better. It will be made right. But we see uh, in Revelation, I mean, it seems like there is a, a city uh, that descends. Um, and so I don't think it will be, you know, this like we're removed from our bodies or we're some other kind of being. And I think in a lot of ways, we do look at Jesus's resurrection. We say, because Paul says, like, let's look at his resurrection. Let's look at what happened with him, because uh, he's the, the first fruits in many ways uh, of our resurrection and yeah. what we look forward to in the future. So, again, yeah, go back to the Bible. I think that, like, turning into angels or, or floating on clouds is, like, the, a hallmark version of the, of the Gnostic heresy. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's a... And, and maybe, you know, people read that in Acts how Jesus ascended on the cloud to the right hand of the Father, and they're thinking, oh, we'll ascend on clouds too, and we'll be sitting on clouds for eternity or something. But it's just, I think that, like, it, that, that was really eye-opening for me when I did become a Christian, having a, a more well-rounded and robust view mm. of the afterlife. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, like, the more I think about it, like, and, and even reading on this, it just made me so excited about like a, a new, like a new resurrected body mm-hmm. being with God without fear or shame mm-hmm. that we taste, you know, we taste of, we taste these things in, in a little bit, uh, in little ways now, but looking forward to this new creation. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one kind of application point, which is a little, maybe, maybe not far fetched, but maybe a little, uh, of a tangent, but one application point I thought of this is that I know that early Christians um, did, did not do cre- cremation, but did uh, bury their bodies. Um, and that was like kind of the start of something new because I think maybe in Rome, a lot of pagans would uh, go through cremation after mm-hmm. they died. Mm-hmm. What would be, why would you say that is the case? And, and I think another biblical example of that would be with the, uh, um joseph dying in egypt says when when the israelites leave here carry my bones with mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. yeah i mean again it just simply that the body matters you know like if it didn't matter at all it wouldn't matter what we did with it but yeah. 
the fact that the, the physical, like what we were saying earlier, it's not that the physical realm is better than the spiritual realm. Like it all matters. God made it mm-hmm. and he said it was good. And so I, I do think we, we even think about what we do with our earthly bodies uh, because it's not, there's not a disconnect. And so, you know, I would argue for the, you know, the burial of a body um, based upon some prophecy about our bodies being resurrected. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it, it matters. God cares about it. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? Follow up. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, um, there's just the simple fact that like, we do not like cremation, I think is just further destruction of, mm-hmm. of something that like it, it's more like the body is dead, but I think we don't want to further destroy it, even though it will decay in the ground. And I think, so there's like, there's a, just a reality aspect to that. But I think even like somewhat of a, if I can use this word, like a liturgical aspect where it's like, we are, we're putting the body in the ground for the time being, because, you know, Paul speaks of, of there have there been some who have fallen asleep, like mm-hmm. they're laying there mm-hmm. awaiting the resurrection rather than yeah. becoming a, a, just some pile of ashes, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that does something to our psyche where we see, we put loved ones into the ground with a hope of their resurrection um, to eternal life. So, yeah, I think it. I think there's like the just like the we don't need to destroy the body anymore that's been that's yeah. been destroyed. But then there's the the kind of um, uh, rehearsal of awaiting the resurrection part to it as well. That, that yeah, more maybe that's liturgical. Good. Yeah. Um. Mm. But yeah, just I, that's like I feel like that's almost like just a small application point of talking about the resurrection. But it's something that I think is is interesting nonetheless. Yeah, it's um, a great conversation point. Um, okay, so the the final thing, life everlasting. Um, we, I, I think this is this is similar to, you know, it, it seems similar to the resurrection. It's like we are looking forward to everlasting life or eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, I listened to I don't, some of y'all in the audience may listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, who similar size audience with ours. Yeah, that's right. I, I think there's a. <laughs> We're number he, two. He, is he not? Are yeah. we number one or is he number one right he, now? It goes back and forth. But um, there's a he had Stephen Dawkins, who's like a famous, you know, you're kind of uh, pop atheist kind of guy. Um, and I, I found it interesting. They're talking about eternal. They're talking about religion, eternal life. Um, and something Dawkins said kind of stuck out to me. But he said how he kind of almost hopes that. Um, the whole idea of an afterlife is false because he thinks that it'd be boring being alive forever. Mm. Um, and it's just, it, it, so that, that's kind of one, one thing that popped in my mind. Another thing in the RC Sproul book, once again, that I'm reading on this, he gives an example of this. It's a transcript from a woman going to see her psychologist and she's afraid of going to heaven because she feels like she'll be around all these good people. Mm. And they'll truly, they'll finally see her for who she is. Mm. And she'll, she's afraid of living a life of eternal shame. Yeah. Um, anyways, I bring those two examples up because I think some Christians probably relate to that. Oh, like, totally, dude. Those two yeah. things like, man, what is eternity? Yep. Like we can't, like it blows our mind to think of time everlasting. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we like, can't wrap our minds around that. 
And I think, um, anyways, I, I say that because I, I want to ask you, Kelly, or just as a discussion point, like, why would some people not look forward to heaven? Because, I mean, I've been there. I, I've been, I used to struggle uh, a lot more when I was a kid, started sleeping with a fan for this reason, because I would freak out about eternity. And it's because I think we're thinking about, you know, hell maybe, but we're thinking about just this nebulous, flo like floating forever in space. Um, and we're thinking about things that we don't enjoy. And in some ways, like it's impossible for us to actually grasp what heaven will be yep. but in terms of the way the bible talks about it 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 will be satisfaction it won't yep. be shame it you know we will be fully known and fully loved and we will be at peace in a way that is not possible right now so yeah. you know all that to say we we don't look forward to heaven uh in so much as we don't rightly perceive heaven uh yeah but and, the and long, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, 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 I've had, I've had similar thoughts of like, man, uh, not as much boredom. Even I've, I've heard of like people are afraid heaven's just going to be the long church service where we're like singing and then we got to hear yeah. the a sermon that we sing again. It's like, let's do it again tomorrow, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that it, uh, one one thing that is helpful is to think about how even even our our hope and desire for heaven we have to put we have to trust God for yes um, and I think we experience maybe these these kind of um, sometimes brief um, desires for heaven which are good mm. but ultimately I think that we have to trust that God's word is true you know when mm -hmm. we read about the afterlife. I got one, one passage I thought of was Romans eight eighteen that speaks about yeah. how Paul speaking of how our present sufferings that we are going through are not even worth comparing to the glory yeah. that is to be revealed yeah. to us. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but I mean, we don't, we don't really, like you said, we don't, it's hard for us to kind of even wrap our minds around what life everlasting will be like. Yeah. And I mean, the reality is there's nothing in this life. I don't think that that doesn't end or like you were saying earlier, that doesn't decay. You know, it all is getting older, getting weaker, wearing down, eroding. Um, so for us to conceive of something that that only gets better and better. I don't know. It's just it blows my mind. Um, well, yeah. And, and I think there's there's like a um, th this may be. I forget what it, what book it's from, but like when we, I think nostalgia is something that, that brings up these points for us. Maybe like when I think about on my childhood, sometimes I have these senses of like longing 